0: Hey everyone, just a little preamble before the show. Obviously first, welcome to this very much brand new podcast. It's a project that the team here at Vendasta has thought about for a while. And you know, with anything you want to do well, sometimes it takes a little time to get off the ground, but here we are sort of ready to put ideas to tape. Just to give you a sense of what we're going to be up to here. uh, This podcast is meant to showcase the experts in our industry. We're going to be sharing stories, philosophy, and where possible, actionable advice that you can apply to your own work. Secondly, and this is probably the most important thing in my mind, whether you are on your way to a sales call or just getting ready for your day, you can use this podcast to get your brain going. So uh, without further ado, I'll say welcome to Cracking Local, a podcast from Vendasta. So today on the show, we are talking with Jonathan Simon, who is a blogger and content strategist based out of Phoenix, Arizona. He's got a bit of a unique take on the best way to build an audience and his whole philosophy is based around the idea of developing your content strategy by focusing on community. So off the bat here, I'll just let Jonathan tell you about the interesting sort of sci-fi origins of his approach to content and why it still informs his strategy to, to this day. So uh, enjoy the show. So I guess what I'm first sort of interested in learning about is how you got into blogging and how you got into creating content online. Sure.
1: Yeah, so the way I started blogging was I... I Back in the day, you know, when blogging was kind of growing, I always thought it was fascinating and I wanted to do it, but I really couldn't think of anything that I wanted to share. And so I, I started out with a pretty boring blog about um, things that I liked, you know, books that I liked and movies that I liked and, and TV shows that I liked. And I'm like, you know, nobody's going to read this thing, but I still wanted to get online. And then one afternoon, I uh, convinced my wife to come with me for an afternoon to the Phoenix Comic-Con. We'd never done a Comic-Con before. And almost on a lark, we just thought that would be a hoot. So we went, and not surprisingly, I had kind of a blast. And, And I thought to myself, you know, there's gotta be more nerdy stuff going on here in the Valley, here in Phoenix than just one big thing a year. And so I just went home and I started looking stuff up and I started learning about the local nerd culture here in Phoenix, and I started blogging about that. And it took off. It did really well and uh, started gaining a little bit of a following. And and that's how I got into blogging um, Um, and sort of put myself out there. And as it it kind of grew, I I just fell more in love with blogging itself. And I was reading way too many content marketing blogs and, and blogs about blogging and just kind of fell in love with the medium. And uh, so yeah, that's how kind of started. So then eventually, I, I wrote this book with some of my ideas about blogging.
0: And yeah, I wonder if we a can blog called Building Yeah, just if you could talk about the sort of conception of the idea, and you know whether it was born out of a single moment or just sort of uh, evolved mm-hmm. organically. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'll give you the long version if you sure, want first. Absolutely, we can cut it down if it's too long. But uh, <laughs> so as I was doing this blog about nerd culture. I was invited to speak at just a local local blogging conference. And um, what I talked about was something kind of fascinating that had just happened. This was years ago. I don't know if you've heard of a, you know, everybody knows about Gawker Media. They have a blog called io 9 It's sort of their Mm -hmm. geek culture blog. And they decided to do this sort of silly thing where they were just going to pit all these sci-fi films against each other and let their audience vote on, in sort of these brackets, which one is the greatest science fiction film of all time. Okay. And one of the films in there was this just nothing little film based off of a canceled TV show. The film was called Serenity. The TV show was called Firefly. And every week, you know, they would post updates as to which film was beating the other film. And this stupid little Serenity film just kept beating, you know, first, I don't remember what it beat, but then it beat things like Blade Runner. And then I was like, well, there's no way it's going to beat this. And then it would beat that one. And eventually it went toe to toe with The Empire Strikes Back, which we could argue. If it's the greatest science fiction film of all time or not, but um, we could easily say that it should easily win out over this, you know, nothing movie. And anyway, Serenity won this this March Madness, and everybody kind of chimed in as to lie, but it just kind of dawned on me that, I mean, you can't argue that there's more Serenity fans than there are um, Star Wars fans in the world. It's ridiculous. Um, you really couldn't argue that Serenity was a better film than Star Wars. But you could argue that the fans for this movie were just completely insane. You know, nobody asked them. Nobody organized them. Serenity was a done, a done deal. The, the TV show was canceled. But they just decided on their own that they were going to assemble and go online and vote for their favorite movie. And I was like, how do I get that? <laughs> how do I get that for myself? And how to blog – you know, I'm a blogger. I'm trying to do that. This is way more fascinating to me than just getting page views or, you know, just sign-ups for my content. And And really that was sort of the kernel – planted the seed of this idea of this' behind my book, Build an Army, was how, everybody can talk all day long about how to get people to take action on your site. And I and I, I did conversion rate optimization for about a year. So I, I got okay at getting people to take action on a site. But how do you get people to care? How do you get people to contribute versus just consume? And so that was really kind of As I got into it, that's really where the the idea kind of started. I told you that was going to be (laughs) (laughs)
0: long-winded. No, that's great. That's such an interesting story. And when I looking back on having read your blog, uh, I can can exactly see where that idea comes from. So um, what I'm hoping we can talk about next is sort of going over those foundational principles that you talk about in your book and in your blog, the sort of basic tenets uh, of building an army. For someone who's looking yeah, at you know creating a content strategy, either for a small business or a personal blog,
1: right? So the if you if you want the elevator pitch of the book, really, it's we want if you think of a, a matrix with four quadrants, and on the left side you've got um, inactive, and on the right side you have active, right? So it's kind of passive to active, and then the top the top two squares are more. Um, they, they care. They care about your blog. They're excited. They're engaged. And on the bottom, they're very um, selfish. Um, well, on the bottom left, you would have you know, selfish, passive people, which I call followers. These are people that are showing up to just consume your content. They're looking for answers. They're hungry for something, and you have an answer for them. You can place your delicious plate of content in front of them, and they, they will consume it all day long. And then if you want them to take action, because they're still selfish down on the bottom, going to take action you really need to provide them an incentive to do so so you can use what I call coupons you could use um, you know a free ebook if you give me your email address right? Right. or I will give you a uh, you can enter a contest if you tweet XYZ right we can incentivize people to take action but they're still being selfish I mean it's just transactional if you move up in the you know in the matrix then the top side you have um, fans on the left and fanatics on the right so you have Followers, fairweathers, fans, and fanatics. And that's kind of the crux of this journey that I talk about in Building an Army, is how do you get more followers? How do you incentivize them to be fairweathers, which isn't a bad thing? And then how do you lift them up into fans and then eventually fanatics, which are like these firefly fans, right, that are just out there doing things because they identify with it and they want to contribute? That's sort of the basic tenets of it. Now, to get people to move from left to the right, we have to overcome what I call the Law of Inertia, which basically says that people are lazy and they, um, they don't really want to do anything for you. They're very interested in what you can do for them, but um, they're, they're just going to mind their own thing. They're, they're happy to sit and consume your content. So to overcome inertia, there's lots of things we can do. The Law of Inertia, but basically it's about you know to overcome inertia, you have to apply force, and remove friction. So we just talk about a lot of the friction that a lot of bloggers will put on their site. They may or may not need to lack of direction, clutter, pop-ups, um, you know, just having an iffy kind of site, lots of giant walls of text. There's lots of friction that people put up on their blogs that they don't even realize that so we can, we can knock down and, um, give them a smoother ride. And then we talk about, you know, applying a little force, giving them what they want, right. Using coupons, um, Doing all the things that you can do to overcome inertia, but to get people to care, you have to overcome what I call the law of gravity. And gravity is just very selfish. It, it just pulls inward all the time, doesn't give things up, and that's just how people are. And it's not bad that people are selfish. They've just got their own lives. You know, the first thing that they think about when they land on your site is, man, how do I sign up and contribute to whatever this blogger is talking about? You know, they, they just want to. They just want what you can do for them. Uh, and people really only care about two things. It's, you know, this is a simplified model, but they care about people and they care about purpose. And so I talk about having, if you want people to care, you have to give them something to care about. Um, you definitely have to act like a human. You have to be a hero for a cause. And then the second thing is to have a purpose. And I'm not just talking about the purpose of your blog, about well, the purpose of my blog is to educate X, Y, Z, or to, um, you know, give people this. The purpose should be, or the cause should be, Um, something that you and your followers can do together that they can contribute to, that they believe in. And the example that I give is what I was doing on my blog about nerd culture. When I was just writing about nerd culture in Phoenix, I was really just posting a lot of events that people could go to, giving some commentary on it, talking about some creatives in the Valley. What I realized was the more I was talking about Phoenix, the more I was kind of falling in love with it. The more people I was meeting, the more in love I was falling with this culture, and I noticed that a lot of people were sharing my stuff and they were talking about me, but they were really talking about themselves. And I I, I hate I hate I started to hate that people had this perception of Phoenix, but there was just nothing going on, that there was nothing here that Phoenix has no culture. It was hard for me to see when I was in it all the time. And so I, I kind of started without even realizing it, I kind of had this cause, that I was gonna take on that perception. And instead of just constantly beating the drum and shouting, Phoenix has culture, Phoenix has culture, this army kind of enlisted themselves and was getting out and doing the things that I was talking about. And they were sharing their own experiences with everybody else. And that's where I was getting my traffic from. Those people were out creating experience on their own. And then they were sharing that on social media. And then in turn, people were coming over to me um, to learn more about how they can you know, get involved and, and do things in the valley.
0: So, I'm wondering if you can talk about, in your observation and in your experience, what is sort of that main uh, thing that you've seen get in the way of people taking followers to Fairweather's and then in turn, you know, fighting that gravity and taking them to fans yeah, and fanatics? For
1: sure. I think one of the easiest things, well, I say easy, but we'll say simplest, I think one of the simplest things that any blogger can do to really overcome the law of inertia is to not make people go first. So people hate going first. That's why people read movie reviews because they want to see if those professionals or other people like the movie before they go invest two hours, two and a half hours these days, those superhero movies and and their money and their evening going to watch the movie. It's the same reason they look that Yelp is successful. The same reason they watch unboxing videos on YouTube. Nobody wants to go first. Nobody wants to share your content first. Because when they share your content, they're putting themselves out there online and they're looking for clicks and likes and retweets and feedback. And that's why we share stuff online. And it's risky to share your stuff. But if they can see that other people have done it, then that friction kind of disappears. And so, same with comments. Nobody wants to leave the first comment. And I think it's so funny when so many sites say, be the first to review or be the first to comment because nobody wants to be the first one. They want somebody else to. And so I encourage, um, it's just a simple little thing called priming. You Think of priming a pump. And that's basically like if you're just a small blogger, we'll use that as an example first. If you're just a small blogger, make friends with a couple other bloggers and leave comments on each other's blog posts and share each other's blog posts and put some numbers on their site that show that this isn't a ghost town, that people are here and that they're interacting. The comments show people are interested in interacting with this content. And the shares show that other people have, you know, shared it with their friends. You're not taking a big risk. And so it's just a really simple thing that you can do. And priming can do lots of other stuff, too. If you want, if you want really good comments, have your friends leaving really good, positive comments. Um, and, and it's amazing the kind of behavior that priming will do. It's crazy how shaped by our environment we are. And when you go into – I mean, you go to some place like YouTube and you see the comments, you know, they really let their comment system go. And some of the worst comments in the world are over there. But if you go to other blogs, you go around to like content marketing blogs, you'll see that the comments are really, really similar. You know, hey, great post. I have a thought on this. Come check out my link. They're real similar. And it's just become this culture that people do. Well, you can kind of set that tone yourself.
0: So I know for the most part, the thrust of your work is primarily focused on individuals looking uh, and maybe interested in starting their own blog or refining their blog. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on how your strategy uh, and the things you talk about in Build an Army are applicable to small businesses looking to either start or improve on their content marketing.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I can think of one example, and it's my friend Daniel Davis who runs a small business, husband and wife business called Steam Crow, and what they do is they uh, they do Comic Cons. Um, he's here in the Valley and they, they just love Halloween. And so they create, and he's an artist and she's an artist. And they kind of create these fun, um, all age appropriate kind of Halloween art and creations and t-shirts and things like that. It's just a very Halloween kind of brand. And their whole business model was to go from Comic-Con to Comic-Con They just tour the whole U.S. going around. And they put up these fantastic booths and they would have people come over and say, Oh, it's Steam crow Oh, well, it's a mom and dad, you know, it's a husband and wife's. Um, We're artists and we create these fun prints and t-shirts and we just love Halloween. You know, people say, okay, cool. Some people buy stuff, some people don't. And then about a year, year and a half ago, he decided that he kind of wanted to build an army. And so what he did was he created something called the Monster Scouts. And this is all, you know, artistry and Halloween and stuff. And so he kind of made up his own cause. And he said, you know what? We love monsters. We love Halloween. Let's get together. Let's go on campouts. Let's earn merit badges. He calls them spirit badges. And they have all these little missions they have to do to, to uh, you know, win these or to earn these badges. And let's create this community. And so now what he does is he goes to a Comic-Con. And instead of people coming over and saying, oh, it's Team Crow. Oh, it's a you know, husband and wife, blah, blah, blah. He says, they come over and say, well, what are the Monster Scouts?
0: Hmm. He
1: goes, oh, you know, it's this fun thing that we do. And, and when I was asking him about it, he said, it's totally changed. Instead of me, 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 it's not even me, 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 or you, you, you. Now it's us, us, us. And his biggest problem right now is that so many people want to start their own chapters of the Monster Scouts across the country. He's trying to pull apart. How does this even work because it's growing so fast? Because he kind of created, remember, people and purpose. He created a community of people who are interested in the same thing. He kind of set himself up as this hero, this cause. And he has a hero in it. He's got a villain. He's got these bad guys in it. And it's all just kind of silly and for fun. But I think that's what almost gives it a strength is that even something petty or silly or made up can really ignite people and get them to be involved in a community. And so anybody can kind of come up, even a small business can kind of come up with a cause that they're interested in. And it's not something like, like Tom's Shoes. Use something called cause marketing, where if you buy a pair of our shoes, we will give away a pair of shoes to someone who needs Right, them. that's very transactional. They're basically saying, "You help us become rich, and we will give poor people shoes, and you get to you get this sense of righteousness." And I'm not bagging on them; it's awesome. I think it's great, but it's not what I would call a cause. It's still transactional based. A cause would be something where, more like, let's say that you are a marketing automation company, okay. And you want help your purpose of your company is to help your clients get more sales. But you could come up with a cause and say, you know what? On the side, we really want entrepreneurs to spend more time with their families. And so we're going to come up with some idea where we are going to be the champions of this cause. But, and you know, it fits in because we do our marketing automation. We're trying to free up too free time for these people. And we want to create this imagery of this entrepreneur just – Wrapped to his laptop while the kids are outside playing on the flip and slide. And we're gonna we're gonna start this community that helps each other give tips and ideas and share success stories, frustrations with spending more time with their family. And before you know it, I, I think that you know you'd start to build this community of people who see you as a hero, championing your cause. And I think it'll lead to more fans and fanatics. They're having their own experiences, sharing their own experiences. They're tagging you in it. They're talking about your community and you're getting more and more people involved.
0: Jonathan, that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> I can imagine people <laughs> listening to this podcast, taking something like that on. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah.
1: So the fun thing about having a cause is it's great to have a hero and a villain. And so in the example I just gave, you know, you're going to try and set yourself up the hero, but the villain could just be the laptop. You know, that could be your enemy that you're just pounding on all the time. You don't want to make a real person a villain because that would be a dick move and kind of make you a villain. Uh, but you try and think of, like, this problem or this frustration. For me, it was this idea that, you know, there's no culture in Phoenix. And you sort of turned that into your villain. And the people that feel the same way, like, they just come to that standard like crazy. It's fun.
0: Yeah, and, you know, what's what I'm thinking of right now is that it just feels like it, it it would be more fun in terms of developing a content strategy. One thing that agencies and marketers run into is that, you know, people who operate businesses are incredibly busy. They've got so much on their plate that the idea that they need to, on top of all of this, start putting together how to videos or start blogging. I mean, it just seems like a bit much, but you know, your take on it and your strategy feels like, you know, you can get excited about it. You can, It'd be something yeah. that would be fun to do.
1: Kind of invigorating.
0: Um,
1: so my own cause, which, and I should kind of put a little asterisk, I'm very new with this blog. <laughs> the book just came out, and I haven't uh, been able to put as much time as into as I want, but uh, what my cause is going to be uh, really simple as well. My cause is going to be that I, at Build an Army, believe that we should support or at least give mad props to anybody who puts themselves out there online. Blogging is not easy. You become very vulnerable. The internet's a big, scary place. And that we should sort of help each other out. So my my cause that I'm going to be launching soon is simple. It's just going to be uh, make a blogger's day, and that's going to be our purpose uh, as part of this community. This army that I'm hoping to build will be all about sharing your experiences, patting other bloggers on the back, because nothing – yeah, there's just nothing like being a blogger and having somebody send you a personal email, telling them how much some of their content helped you. You just want to share it with the world, but it feels a little weird too. Um, but I'm going to be encouraging, you know, everybody, well, let's help each other out. Let's make each other let's, – let's, every time you find a blog post that you just didn't know about before, don't just back click. You know, spend three minutes shooting them a note, leaving them a comment, um, something to help them have a better day. And have a great day. So hopefully these the idea will be that people are out there sharing this, they're helping each other out. And it's good. You feel righteous, you feel helpful, you feel good because it's a good thing. But it's also their experiences. So they're not just talking about Jonathan over at Build an Army has this great book. They're saying, I did this thing, come and join us. We're doing this awesome mm-hmm. stuff. We're trying to make, you know, help bloggers out. But at the same time I still benefit from it, right?
0: Absolutely. You
1: you can't help but benefit from building an army.
0: Sort of a rising tide lifting all ships.
1: Um, So it's a little different. It's a little different than most content strategies. Um, I I wouldn't say it's easier. Um, You know, you have to think about a few more things. There's a lot more community management involved, but I also think it's just a lot more fun.
0: I mean, I think at the end of the day, that's sort of one of the reasons why a lot of people's content strategies uh, go stale or don't end up being as successful as maybe they uh as their potential might have them be um it's just that mm-hmm. you know it's not fun for the for the creator and they just get bored
1: dude if i could help breathe life into some of the content out there that would be a win <laughs>
0: um I, I
1: think you saw my recent post about enthusiasm
0: it's yeah it's so hard to
1: have enthusiasm if you just stick into that content calendar and know oh, we've got to cover these things so I'm going to outline these five bullet points and then we're going to fill in the, the bullet points with all these you know textbook answers that everybody else on the internet is talking about like how much more exciting and, and impactful could it be to have something that you know what there's this problem in the world I think we could take this on and invite people to join us and it's relevant you know it's relevant to our brand it's fun.
0: are if someone, you know, reads your blog, reads your book, tries to integrate your approach, works really hard on the content sort of based around this idea of uh, creating community and building an army, and and it still sort of falls flat, what would you look at first as sort of uh, maybe the area where they maybe took a misstep? What would you look at?
1: Yeah, that is a really good question. And I wish I could say that I could pick one place to look but I think that I would recommend getting feedback. Um, Feedback is so important and feedback helps you be flexible. And so don't just, when you're just creating content or trying to push a cause or create a community, don't just do it and send it out into the internet and hope that it does well, but just actively be listening, actively talk to people, actively get feedback and then evolve. If you launch a cause and it just doesn't seem to be sticking don't be afraid to ask people, like, well, is it, is it not relevant? Is it not impactful? Do people not have time? Is the barrier to entry just too great? You know, if, if you're trying to get more people to spend time in nature, but your actual company is about building computers, you know, that's a big bridge <laughs> you're asking your followers to cross um, to get them excited about it. So there's just so many different things. And really, you should let the, the people that are reading your blog and the people that are uh, that you're talking to on a regular basis, sort of chime in and give some feedback and then be flexible. You know, if, if you get feedback that says barrier to entry for this cause is just ridiculous, you know, everybody would have to have a snowmobile in order to, <laughs> as a random example, <laughs> in order to, you know, pick up a torch and, and help you with this, and become part of this cause, yeah, then change it. <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with picking something new and trying something new. It, it's the same with your content as well. If your content is just falling flat, you can't just sit and wonder why. Like Google Analytics won't tell you why. Um, not even watching you know player feedback or even getting user feedback sometimes will do it. You have to actually kind of ask sometimes. Right. Right? You have to talk to them and ask them, was this too long? Was it just boring? Did, has nobody ever, you know, experienced this obscure reference that I keep going back to in the blog post? It just could be a million reasons. And so that's that's a big thing that I push with people is. Dude, just It's hard and it can feel like you're sticking your head in the toilet sometimes, but ask people for feedback all the time and get honest feedback and then be flexible. Pivot if you need to. And don't be so tied down to one idea. Uh, be willing to, 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 to change the things that need to change.
0: Uh, speaking of changes, I'm wondering if we could wrap up this conversation by talking a little bit about sort of where you see blogging and online content going into the future, both in 2017 and sort of far beyond that. I'm wondering if you sort of observe or if you think about uh, the build an army approach as sort of predictive in terms of it, like, do you think this is going Mm -hmm. to take on in a big way or do you sort of imagine it as sort of like effective but kind of a rebel approach to uh, something else that you might see as more uh, being the dominant (laughs) method going forward? I would
1: love to see myself as a rebel. That would be great. No, I, I, I hear your question. I honestly don't know. I feel like there are, at least in content marketing, there are trends that I think are just, how do I put this, um, about to be exhausted. Uh, it's there. There's a lot of quote-unquote best practices that I'm just hearing over and over and over again, and I'm hoping some of those just fizzle out. I'm hoping that, you know, I, I fantasize about the day that list posts disappear, but I don't think that's going to happen
0: <laughs> ever.
1: Um, but I, I do kind of see... A lot of the same best practices um, being repeated over and over and over again. Um, I'm hoping that, and I wish I could credit the guy that came up with this term. I feel bad for not being able to do that. Just Google it. Somebody wrote a great article about Mirage content and just very succinctly put into words how I felt about a lot of content out there, which is just basically content that looks great from a distance, but when you get once you get in it, it's pretty shallow. It's just the same stuff over and over and over again. You know, if you make a big promise like how to get your first 10,000 followers and then it's just the basics of set up a Facebook account and, you know, be authentic and all these sort of base level things, fantastic term, Mirage content. I'm hoping that can kind of fizzle out. Right. Um, But again, this isn't really predictive. This is just me uh, hoping for a better internet, I guess.
0: (laughs) But in a certain way, I sort of do imagine that, uh, you know, over time, Things will get refined so that sort of the cream rises to the top and things that, you know, are truly you valuable. I, uh, you I know. think
1: you and I can agree that the, there's no shortage of information on the Internet. Mm-hmm. And so just producing more information on the Internet, that's just, you just become a commodity. But if you can find some inspiration, I'm just hoping more people out there are interested in inspiring their readers getting their readers active in something that's kind of bigger than themselves. I just really feel like that would be a great way to go. Um, a really common SEO tactic that I see is to get on something like both Sumo, look for articles that are very popular in what you're trying to talk about and then try and do a better article than that and share that article with everybody. And, I, and while I don't think that's a bad thing, but if a thousand bloggers are all trying to do the same thing, like it's just this clamor from the top of the hill, it's like king of the hill. And that just sounds exhausting to me. I would rather just find my own mountain and uh, you know, become king of my own mountain and talk about something different and more interesting. I just think there's so much potential um, out there for bloggers to uh, get bigger than that, to think, to think outside the box.
0: And I think that what you're saying there is also particularly relevant for small business owners. And I say that because um, small business owners, by and large, are incredibly passionate about what they do and that's why they sort of started going down that yeah. road and then as as well they're they're also incredibly unique to each to their own individual you know passion and, and business so i think yeah. right there is sort of the platform and potential to to do what you're talking about in their in in their approach to to creating content for their business
1: Absolutely i can't think of a greater advantage than being a small business when it comes to content creation I mean Time restraints aside, you have a story, you have a problem that you're solving, and you've got a small team of people who are as excited about it as you are. That should just be the perfect ingredients for coming up with something amazing to share with the world that isn't what everybody else is sharing.
0: Totally. So I think we'll wrap it up there, Jonathan. Uh, I'm wondering if you can just briefly mention where people can find your content and and find your book, and then we'll also tag uh, both of those sites. Uh, in in the in the page for the for the podcast.
1: Absolutely. So you can find me at buildanarmy.com. dot uh, com. The book's on Amazon, and it's literally called Build an Army: uh, How Bloggers Turn Visitors into Followers and Followers into Fans.
0: So I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly loved chatting with Jonathan. I think everyone working in marketing or as a small business owner can use his approach to improve the work they already do. And just as a final reminder, um, definitely connect with the show on iTunes. Give us a subscription. We'd love it even more if you gave us a comment or a review. If you're interested in anything else that Vendasta is up to, I highly recommend checking out our blog. It's vendasta.com slash blog, and it's full of great content for marketers, people working in agencies and small business owners. So check it out and we will see you next time.